Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, another week, another dollar. I wish it was another dollar. Uh, I'm going to do something a bit different tonight. I, I generally start out with breaking news. Or just like they do on for real television. We got breaking news tonight, and here's what it is. Uh, but everybody's hearing the breaking news, so I'm really not bringing anything new to them. Uh, and yet I do come across in my readings every day something that interests me, and I assume, therefore, will interest you. Uh, it's a, a, something that occurred in the last week or two of interest, but not big enough to be breaking news. So I'm going to try that tonight, and I've come up with four items that I consider not breaking news, but uh, news most unheard of, news most unheard of. And in doing that and doing my regular uh, talk show tonight, we're going to go to Detroit, Texas, uh, Tennessee, Miami, the edge of space, Arizona, and Turkey. Okay, the first thing I want to talk about tonight, remember Jeff Flake, United States Senator from Arizona, only one-termer, six years. I think he uh, didn't run again at the end of six years, which was two years ago. Uh, Republican, had difficulties with Trump, did not agree with what everything he was doing, and spoke up. He spoke to power. He spoke to power. He spoke what he felt, and where Trump was wrong, he said it, and where he could not do what Trump demanded, asked of him, whatever way you want to phrase it, he did not. And he was getting a hard time. He was getting a hard time uh, in the Senate by the Senate powers to be because, hey, everyone's dancing to Trump's tune. Why aren't you, boy? But he wasn't that kind of a guy. Uh, He just felt he had to do what was right. And if he couldn't do it, he said he couldn't do it, and why? Uh, So it became clear to him, it was clear to the whole country, that the Republicans were not going to renominate him for his Senate seat. And he'd been a terrific senator. Trump didn't want him. The Republican National Party didn't want him. The state Republican Party did not want him. So he announced, he says, look, it's going to be a futile gesture on my part. I'm going to run. I'm going to lose. He says, in fact, I don't even think I'll get a chance to run. They're going to probably run a primary against me, and I'll be defeated in the primary. So I'm announcing I'm not going to run. And the reason I'm not going to run is I can't deal with it the way Trump and his people want me to operate. So we haven't heard from Jeff Flakes in two years. Uh, However, we heard about him uh, yesterday, and here's what we heard. It was from our President Joe Biden. President Biden has nominated, big deal, Jeff Flakes to be ambassador to Turkey. Big job, ambassador to Turkey. Uh, Terrific nomination. He has to be approved by the Senate, the Senate Senate committee first. And he will because the Democrats will have the eight necessary votes to do it. He has to be approved by the Senate in its entirety, and he should get approved there even if the Republican Party gives him a hard time because the Senate has that extra vote in the vice president, and he will win there because that's the way we do things today, and that's the way things have to be done. Uh, we could not be sending a better man to Turkey. 
it's not an easy job. This is not one of those ambassadorships where, you know, you're always in black tie and tails or white tie and tails. Uh, and it's a cocktail party every night. It's just fancy. It's fancy stuff. You've got hard work to do, but it's fancy. And it's an entertaining thing for yourself, your wife, and your family. However, don't forget, we have a lot of trouble with Turkey. What's his name? Endrogen, the president of Turkey. He's an autocrat. He's an autocrat just like Donald Trump. He is just like, but he's, he's worse then because he's had more time at the job and to get into it. Uh, he is like Putin. He's like China's Jay. Uh, he's like uh, the, the leader of Iran, whoever it may be now because they had an election. Uh, run, he's a bad guy. Bad guy. So Jeff Flake's going to have his hands full, but I don't think our president could have nominated a better man for the position. Now, if you had not heard of this, I'm doing the right thing and bringing it on tonight as uh, a, a news thing that you, you have not heard and should have heard. Uh, and I hope it's that way. Now, my next item that's similar to that uh, is that there's a new book coming out about Trump. Uh, there's so many. Every day there's a new book. I don't remember the name of this one. It's going to be out tomorrow or next week. I don't know. But uh, that he was on one of the talk shows this morning, I think MSNBC, and they discussed that part of his book that has to do with Trump not being happy with his three Supreme Court picks, Neil Gorsuch, Bert Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. He's not happy that he nominated them for the jobs. He's not happy that he saw that they became Supreme Court justices. And he's unhappy because they're not coming across the way he expected them to be. You have to understand Donald Trump. If he, if he gives you a big-time job or he makes it possible for you to get a big-time job, he owns you. And you should do what he wants. And he wouldn't ask you directly, but he'll let you know the way you should decide something, for example, if you're a Supreme Court judge. And I'm happy that they're bucking him to an extent. And they're not really bucking them. You have to remember they are attorneys. Their minds were trained to be a certain way and do things a certain way. I may not agree with any of the three philosophically, but I know how they think. And sometimes uh, they come up with a decision I didn't expect from them. Uh, now, but Trump's not happy with these three, and he's speaking out about it. Remember Comey? He wasn't happy with Comey. The reason he can't Comey was because Comey uh, wasn't going to do what he had to do to be in Trump's favor. He, want, he wanted Comey to be his lawyer, make sure he, tr Trump did not get hurt by the Justice Department, et cetera, et cetera, the FBI. Now, uh, Trump. The problem is Trump thought he had these three judges in his back pocket, and he doesn't have them in his three pocket. And the even funnier thing in this whole thing is that he thinks he's made his worst mistake, okay? And he has, this is the way he describes it, Trump, and I quote, particular bile, bile, B-I-L-E, particular bile for Brett Kavanaugh, because the whole world was down on Brett Kavanaugh because of the sex charges. And Trump stood with him, and Trump says in this book that he stood with him when Republicans in the Senate and other powerful figures in the country were calling him up and telling him to dump this guy 
he's no good. He's got this, got this bad track record with sex things, and he keeps denying, denying, but not good. Get rid of him. And Trump stood by him instead. And Trump is now unhappy that he stood by him because he says, Kavanaugh's the worst in the way he's handling my cases or the cases I want handled in a certain fashion. Which now brings me to another, not breaking news, but should be breaking news, but it's not a big enough item, and that's inflation. Short, interesting point about inflation. As you are aware, and if you're not, you should be, inflation's gone up in the last three or four months. We're shooting up. Uh, the economist tells us a temporary thing, don't worry. Now, why has inflation risen dramatically in the last three months? <laughs> You're not going to believe it. Used cars. Used cars are the primary cause of rising uh, inflation. Used cars. One-third of the recent increases in inflation are caused by the sale of used cars. Would you believe? And the final issue I want to share with you tonight, it's not breaking news, but should be, but it's a minor thing, uh, and that concerns four years of success. Trump. You know, Trump had four years of success as a president in his mind because he thinks that everything he wanted, he seemed to get. Okay, one way or another he got it, or he twisted it to make it look like he got it. Uh, but all he achieved, he did not achieve glory for himself or help for himself or help for his country. All he achieved is what led us to what we are today. Any screw-ups, any problems we have today, we can directly link back to Donald Trump. Because when he was in the White House, he wasn't working for the people of America. He was working for Donald Trump. Uh, another observation I want to make about our president in line with this stuff, there have been a lot of articles written recently, but nobody talks to him to the uh, extent of breaking news. And that's that a lot of the learned columnists, uh, newscasters, etc., are saying that Trump is crazy. And what's crazy? And we're only discovering it. Well, I've been saying he was crazy for four years. The man was incompetent, inept, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Trump seems to become, have become more crazy and not all there. It's more evident, these two things, since he's out of office. And the reason why is very simple. No rational being, and he is not a rational person, would conduct himself as he has. I won the election. 100,000 votes weren't counted. They disappeared. Where did they go? The guy's nuts. He lost 62 lawsuits in court, okay, uh, where he claimed that he had won and the court should do something about it. 62 judges threw his cases out. He, he, there were only 63. He won one minor one. He lost 62 out of 63. Uh, he's crazy, and he's getting worse every day. And the problem, and what scares me is, half the people in this country like him are following him, and of the half that are following him, one-third of that number are solid behind him. They think he's a terrific, Mr. Perfection. Now we go 
to what would be my normal show for tonight. And that's going to involve here, let's see, where am I in my notes here? Oh, the sanctions. You've read about this in the last couple of days. I think this is absolutely fantastic. Being a lawyer, I'm totally aware of sanctions, though I never was sanctioned, but boy, it's a scary thing. Uh, and there's a case on the uh, the vote situation, improper, invalid ballots, et cetera, bought on Trump's behalf in federal district court in Detroit, Michigan. Now, understand, my friends, that a federal district court judge, he is the trial judge or she is the trial judge, is the most powerful legal person in the United States. A federal district court judge can do things that no other judge in any other courtroom can do. They are omnipotent. They do have the power, and they know it, and they exercise it. They're tough. Let me tell you something. They keep you on, even if you don't want to be on the straight and narrow, out of fear they keep you on the straight and narrow. Anyhow, uh, the judge is Linda Parker, sits in federal court in Detroit, and she had one of those cases, Trump cases, on the, on the illegal or improper ballot situation come before her, and she threw it out of court in December. She says, there's no basis. She says, there's no fact supporting anything you say. See, when you bring a lawsuit, a lawyer has to have facts to substantiate that's what he's saying. See, let me give you a stupid example, but I've used it so many times over the years. Uh, a lawyer will, will bring a lawsuit against somebody for some reason, because the moon is made of cheese, he says. Because the moon is made of cheese. I appreciate a stupid example, but it makes the point perfectly. The moon is made of cheese. Well, you can't just say in your legal paperwork, bring in the lawsuit, the moon is uh, made of cheese. You've got to have facts showing that the moon is made of cheese. Maybe those people who landed on the moon twice uh, from the United States brought back them some samples, which have now been discovered years later to contain particles of wheat with what we would say is cheese, something like that. You must have some proof. You just can't say nothing. And in this lawsuit, uh, Judge Parker says, all you people have done, there's seven or eight lawyers involved in this thing. All you did was make allegations. They put in, in this lawsuit, these lawyers representing Trump, 950 affidavits saying Trump, uh, this was done that way. But everything, the person who made the affidavit would say, well, I was there in the room. Something seemed wrong with the ballots. I believe 50,000 are invalid. That's still not enough. What was wrong with the ballots? You've got to say it. This is a serious ball game when you're going to court, okay? Uh, and so she's very upset because they brought this lawsuit in her court and in 62, 63 other courts in the United States. Involved is our good friend Rudy Giuliani, who already has his ass in the swing in New York State. Uh, Sidney Powell, a, a female, she just came into... In the last two years, she came into notoriety. She's somewhere from the South, I think, and purportedly an excellent attorney. But she's like Trump, a nut. She says things but never has anything to back it up. And she's one of the biggies in this lawsuit. It's going to get hurt bad, by the way, if the judge rules as I anticipate. She will. Now, here's what's been going on. They had the first hearing yesterday. Six hours. 
on a sanction hearing. The purpose of the hearing was brought. The hearing was brought by the attorney for Detroit and the attorney for the state of Michigan, saying that this lawsuit should never have been brought. It's frivolous. There's no proof, and we want them sanctioned. And under the federal law, and under a lot of state laws, if an attorney does something wrong, brings what we call a frivolous, frivolous lawsuit, no basis uh, in law or fact. Uh, that lawyer can be fined. The sanction is a fine. And the, it's a penalty. And it comes out of the lawyer's pocket. And I have written for two years, and I have spoken on this show for two years, off and on, that I expect the fine to be an expensive one, anywhere from $100,000 to 500000 per attorney. It could be more. It could also contain a referral to the state where they have their licenses to see if they should be investigated to be brought up on charges for their conduct, in this case, in Detroit. So this is serious stuff. Judge Parker, the case is Kraken, by the way, K-R-A-K-E-N, uh, says that the lawyer skewered, skewered, S-K-E-W-E-R-E-D, rarely do I see that word, skewered, uh, the lawsuit, uh, by what they did. And she says they made, okay, uh, fantastic, I can't pronounce the word, fantastical, fantastical, yes, that's the word, my friends, fantastical, allegations of election fraud in bad faith and lacking in most instances to have done basic due diligence. In other words, you bring a lawsuit as a lawyer, even though when you say something in your papers, you've got to put some proof in there that you have the goods on the other side, you must also have gone out and discovered these goods, either by investigators or other people in your office or by yourself. You know, you just can't say it. You've got to find the evidence, and you find the evidence by yourself or someone else on your behalf doing due diligence by going out and spending a few days investigating. That's how these lawsuits are brought. Right? So... The attorney for Detroit, who was one of the ones who brought this lawsuit uh, for the sanctions, uh, said something very interesting. He said that these lawyers, several attorneys, were imperiling, imperiling democracy by perpetrating lies about the 2020 presidential election, which warrants substantial punishment. He believes these attorneys should be substantially punished. Let me tell you, for one lawyer to ask that kind of pain and suffering from another lawyer, that lawyer had to do bad, the one who uh, did the bad, uh, Trump's attorneys in this case. And these guys, I've been saying it, they're going to get nailed. You can't do this. You can't bring the kind of lawsuits they were bringing just by saying this was something that was done wrong. Now let's go to Texas. Great state, Texas. i got to tell you something. Remember the Alamo? Well, you remember what's going on in Texas now because those Democratic state legislators who got on two chartered planes last night and went to Washington, D.C., <clears throat> excuse me again, where they are staying till they can't get arrested for not being in the legislative chambers are just like those who fought at the Alamo and died. They knew it was a losing proposition. There were something like 500, 600 against 3,000 Mexican troops. They knew they were going to be annihilated. 
They knew they were going to be killed. No one was going to walk out of that place alive. But they were going to do what was right for the Texas they wanted. And they did, and they gave their lives for it. Well, the Texas uh, Democratic legislators, they're not going to give their lives, but they're going to go through a lot of turmoil, and they already have. As you are aware, (coughs) Texas is trying to pass a new set of election laws, which will be the most severe in the country, make it the most difficult for a person to vote in that particular state. Uh, You know, I always thought we wanted more people to vote. Here, these states that are passing these laws, there's 47 or 48 of them that are trying to pass laws like this, and they all will, unless the federal government gets to pass something blocking it. Uh, They're doing wrong. Uh, they're not trying to keep the democracy going. They're making us undemocratic. Uh, they want the nation to be, I'm going to say it this way, my friends, they want a white nation, all white people. Uh, and even though there are political power Republicans of diminishing power, they're getting smaller every year, they still want to control, even though they're a small entity. So anyhow, uh, when this law first came up to be passed in the Texas legislature, and the governor is going to sign it, I think his name's Allard, he's already said he's upset that these Democrats did what they did in refusing to stay and making it possible for him to pass the law. Uh, he's going to sign it. They have to have a quorum. You have this, this type of law in most states for anything. You cannot have a meeting of the state legislature in Texas unless there is a quorum. The number for the quorum is part of the law. I don't know what it is in Texas. But whatever the number is, it is. And if you don't have that number of people sitting in the room to do business, you can't do business because you don't have a quorum. Uh, Now, it just so happens that the Republicans alone do not have enough membership to make up a quorum. They need some Democrats present, even though the Democrats they know are not going to vote with them, because in order to pass legislation, the number of votes the Republicans require is much less than is required for a quorum. So they know once they have the quorum and they got the bodies in there so they can have a vote, even though they have less votes, they're going to get whatever they want passed. And that's the way it is in Texas. Okay. Well, the Democrats said, no way, Jose, we got to stop this stuff. This is going to kill us down here. It's hard enough to, uh, to vote down here anyhow. So two weeks ago, roughly two weeks ago, when this issue first came up to vote, the Democrats, every one of them got up and walked out of the legislative chamber. Now there wasn't a quorum. You got me? They need the Democrats to make a quorum. And the vote could not be taken. Well, the governor threatened and the Republicans in the legislature threatened that the next time they wanted to take the vote, they were going to make sure the Democrats stayed because they were going to arrest them, have them arrested if they did not stay. And, my friends, that's perfectly legal in Texas. It's perfectly legal. It's legal in several states. You've got to stay, and if you don't stay, we can arrest you because it's mandatory that you must be present to make a quorum. You just can't avoid a quorum. Well, the Democrats were in a quandary. What do we do? They don't want to give in yet. They may be fighting a losing battle. I think they are. But you don't know. And so what they did was they decided they couldn't just stay home or take a ride in their car when they were supposed to be making a quorum. They had to go out of state someplace. 
So last night, 60 of the 67 Democrats in the Texas state legislature got on two chartered airplanes and flew to Washington, D.C. Now, why Washington, D.C.? I don't know. I think they're going to make an issue of uh, these election laws uh, with, with Congress. Uh, that's their goal. They're going to try to convince some people to vote their way. I doubt they're going to succeed, but that's where they are. I doubt they're all sleeping in the same place. They've got to be scattered everywhere. I think it's probably a big secret where, where they're staying and where they're traveling because the Texas Rangers are empowered, under, are empowered under Texas law to cross Texas borders and go to another state and arrest these people. Now, whether that's legal, I don't know. We're going to test it, I'm sure, in this case. Whether the Texas Rangers can leave Texas and go to Washington, D.C., and arrest these Democratic legislators and bring them back to Texas and throw them in the legislature, lock the door, and make sure they're there for a quorum count. Uh, this, by the way, in legalese, in legal terminology, is break quorum. When they, like the Democrats are disappearing, the term is break quorum. So that's what's happening. That's what may happen. That's what's going to happen. We're going to see how this plays out. I'm not sure what the final result's going to be. Let me say this to you. Break quorum, legislative walkouts, legislature, legislator, legislatures who have walkouts are not uncommon in this country. There have been ten that I could come up with. The first was Rhode Island, 1924, Oregon, 2001, Texas, 2003, Wisconsin, 2011, Indiana, 2011, Oregon, 2019, 2020, and 2021. Note that Oregon has done this four times. So the fact they're walking out is not illegal. The question as to legality is going to be whether the governor can drag their asses back to Texas and into that legislative chamber so a vote can be taken. I believe in life you meet force with force. I started thinking this way when I was, I was a kid, when I was a kid in grammar school. You know, boys have fights. If somebody hit me, I made sure when I hit him back, I hit him, not only did I hit him, I hit him harder than he hit me, so he would know enough not to hit me again in the future. And it generally worked. And that's the way life is, too. When you do business and somebody does something nasty in a lawsuit or on a contract, you've got to take him over the coals, and you've got to hurt him worse than he tried to hurt you. That's the way people learn in this world. I believe that. So you meet force with force, but you meet force with excessive force. And that's not what we do in this country, it seems. The Democrats don't do it, okay? The Republicans always do it. They don't care. Uh, so I just believe that you meet force with force, and we're not doing it, and we have to do it. Paul Kruger, Paul, Paul Krugman, I'm sorry. Paul Krugman is a New York Times opinion columnist in a recent column titled, Only the incompetence need apply to lead the nation. Only the incompetence need to re, uh, apply to lead the nation. And I quote from his column, and again, how did one of our two major political parties come not only to reject democracy, but to exalt ignorance and despise competence of any kind? I don't know. But if you aren't terrified, you can't be paying attention. 
words well spoken. Uh, very quickly now, because I'm running out of time, uh, the Boy Scouts have agreed to pay $850 million in a lump sum to settle the sexual abuses cases against them. Uh, there are 60,000 such cases. The settlement amounts to $3,500 to $5,000 per case. A pittance, small amount of pittance. And the reason I raise it, they're in bankruptcy, by the way, and the judge controls the money. It's because the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has more of these cases. And they keep paying. And their dollars they paid is well over $850 million already. And bishops and priests have been charged and are in jail because of their participation in this stuff. Whereas, and this is the horrible thing, not one Boy Scout leader, manager, officer, hierarchy has ever been charged with a crime. I think that's wrong. Anyhow, that's the show for this week. That's what I've got, folks. I hope you'd enjoy. Thank you for joining me. Good night. Until next